Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk. Adam Peacock here and I'm down in Melbourne. Brad Haddon is up in Sydney as always. He's missing me dearly and we've got a really special guest who's joining us for the show today. The great Gus Warland is here as well. Hads, you got something to say before you intro Gus? Yeah, before we intro Gus, this feels a lot like home here today in the studio, does, Gus. We, does, we started yeah. this Willow Talk some time ago. You, you had a day off to, to go save lives and, <laughs> and, and go around the world um, talking the message of mental health. Yeah, it talks. And then Adam jumped in your chair and white-handed you. So what I want to know, <laughs> were you white-handed or did you go to bigger and better things? Because it, it's really grey between Adam and I. Yeah, well, don't worry. Adam, you know, Northern Beaches resident, family man, man that I've really enjoyed his company, a lot of respect for until the moment <laughs> that he took my job. Uh, this was you and me, babe. Yeah. We've had this the last couple of years. Yeah, Every time Cricket is on Triple M, this podcast was our podcast. And I've got to say, I'm a little disappointed. Well, before we get into some serious cricket talk, and there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I, I woke up Tuesday morning. My two boys ran in, jumped on me and said, Gus has won Australian of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm half asleep going, boys, what, what's going on? And they, they're all on their Instagram feeds. I said, what are you doing on your iPad at 5.30 in the morning? They both go, I couldn't sleep. So that's a different argument we had to have later. But <laughs> Gus... What's happened? Well, I've been nominated for New South Wales Australian of the Year. So next Monday night on the 13th of November, me and three others will, one of us will be selected to then represent and go down to Canberra on the 25th of January and then be available on the 26th of January if you win. So when's the party? When? Well, <laughs> I'm not as confident as you are. I mean, you, you look around and there's so many brilliant people, wonderful people out there having a crack making a real difference in the world. So, but I, I actually got interviewed on another station yesterday and they said, do you want to win it? And I went, absolutely I do because mental fitness, I think is the most important conversation we can be having. Yeah. We lose seven blokes a day, every day to suicide, two women every day, 65,000 people attempt suicide a year in Australia. It's the most important conversation we'll be having. So if you become Australian of the year, you can actually get on a huge soapbox and go and make a real difference. You can go and talk to some real people that can make policy change, can make curriculum change in education. So from my point of view, I'm all in. I'm really hoping, you know, we go all the way. Gussie, we're hoping too, mate. But what, what you've done, to, like even if you don't get past it uh, next Monday, what you've done is nothing short of remarkable and got you for life goes from strength to strength. So all power to you, mate. We'll give it another plug. Oh, thanks, mate. Towards the end. Outstanding. Thanks, Adam. And you know that you are the better man for this role. Whoa, I, whoa, I, whoa, I had whoa. no drama with you taking the <laughs> slot, mate. I'm, I'm pretty busy as it is. Yeah, that's, I miss just, you, mate. Mate, but... you've just ruined 15 episodes. Hads. <laughs> Had it was a community service that I gave to, to come in and get this fill up, so it, it allowed Gussie to go off and save the world like he is. So and do his That's TED right. talks. That's right, and Adam's and a lot. Adam's a lot cheaper than me too. Exactly. Episode, oh, so. exactly. That is actually the truth. That, <laughs> that is the God honest truth. <laughs> um, and has before we get into like what we're about to talk, and we're going to get to Maxi in a moment. So we will get to Maxi. We summed wow. it up with like the blow by blow on the morning podcast uh, yesterday, but. Hads, I, I went down this morning. I'm in Melbourne. I'm working for the VRC. Went down to visit the cup winner and catch up with Sam Freeman. On the way back, I didn't have a lift back. So I got a lift uh, with the Channel 7 cameraman who I mentioned, oh, look, I'm, I'm going in to do a podcast. Would you be able to drop me at Triple M Studios? And he goes, oh, yeah, who you do it with? I said, oh, Brad Haddon. He goes, 
Oh, Brad Haddon. I remember him. Oh. He was a oh right dear. prick when we were filming their training sessions. He always used to complain about the movement behind the nets and blah, blah, blah. And, mate, what's that clicking? Stop that. Get out the way. This, that, and the other. So there you go. There's your reputation, Hads. Well, I can tell you, whoever that is, is full of shit. Yeah, I couldn't imagine you doing that. No, I, I would never. You, one, I never ever noticed the cameras behind there. Yeah, and B, when did you ever get the nets that much? And, and two, who would talk to Channel fucking 7 anyway? <laughs> so that cameraman, he, he's just trying to large it up a bit. So if he doesn't want to throw his name to it, get on with it. I've never, I never even seen Channel 7. There. I'd have only went and spoke to Fox and Triple M. Yeah, anyway, there so you go. Know. There's the Gussie. He knows where his bread's buttered. He's obviously got his Fox oh, yeah. contract sorted because he doesn't Don't worry, need Channel he's got his, 7 at the moment. But Hats, it was got true. His it was double probably, invoice. It's probably when you were facing Binger and you were afraid of your life and you needed everything, everything kind of still in and around you, which is fair enough. I can understand right. it. It's bullshit. <laughs> but I tell you, I've been out in public a lot with uh, with Hads, Adam, and he is the kindest, nicest bloke. There's no way he'd be mean like that. Unless- I've got a story, actually, I'll show you this. What about the time my flight? Oh. How patient was I? Okay. So this is this is the story. So we're both together. We're leaving Sydney together. Yep. That's right. So we met and we walked down to the gate and the plane was um, got called. And Hads and I walked up and I went bing and went through Adam as everyone does. Hmm. And then I just waited for Hads. Hads get stuck. It doesn't go through. And we're like, oh, he's been upgraded. And we're blowing. And I'm rolling my eyes. And I was hoping to sit with him and blah, blah, blah. Like, sorry, your ticket's for tomorrow at 6 a.m. So Hads is so calm and so collected. He just goes, oh, okay, thank you. And turns around, I said, Hads, just go back to him, explain it and stuff. And if there's, if there's some seats on the plane, I'll send you a text. Well, I got sat in with two seats next to me. So I said, Hads, don't worry about it. Come on the plane. He goes, nah, I'm gone. See you tomorrow. <laughs> but it didn't enough. blow up to the lady. Yeah. You might have blown up to someone at Triple M Travel Mate, later. Never, never would do that in my life. Very patient. I, I don't know how the ticket they gave me to get through anyway, so that's a security alert for the um, airline anyway. Yeah, that's a good so. point. Yeah. Maybe it was an Air um, New Zealand coach here and they saw you coming, Hats, <laughs> or your Kiwi mates. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they love him. I would have blown then. I would have blown. <laughs> oh, but you, you, <laughs> you love Elliot, don't you? So this episode of uh, Will I Talk, the actual cricket we're going to talk about, Maxi, in a moment. We've got Australia in the semis, the, the matchup with South Africa, who we are going to play Timed out, the dismissal of timed out. We're going to get to that and the shield. Bradley Haddon, we will talk about New South Wales. But first up, guys, Gussie, we, we heard from Hads yesterday and we've got Hads' top three knocks that he's seen. We've asked for that. But what what did you think when you started seeing the uh, – if you didn't see it live and you're not alone because it was in the middle of the night, the, at least the highlights of what yeah. Glenn Maxwell did. Unbelievable. Well, I woke up this morning at about five o'clock and I, like I normally do, go to the loo, bit of breathing, have a bit of water. Then I got, went to my phone downstairs and saw 201 not out. I went, okay, well, that's special. <laughs> so I then went straight and just watched the highlights and it was the most incredible innings. The fact that he could hardly walk in the end, he obviously was much distressed with his body, but the way that he, his eye was able to hit those balls. I know it's not a huge ground there, but the connection, and they went deep, a lot of those sixes anyway, just incredible. And also, Adam, um, Pat Cummins just 
doing a lot of blocking and just mm. making sure that that we didn't get down in in terms of pressure, in terms of wickets lost. Just a brilliant partnership. And that's what Maxi can do. And that's why it's so frustrating that he doesn't do it as often as you'd like him to. In this World Cup, he's done it a couple of times and he's done it sort of two and a half times because he's got 40 odd as well. But yeah, imagine if if that came off and everything came off, we would be world beaters every, every single tournament. And I just dip my tip my lid to him and hope that he can have a nice week off now. Now we don't have to worry about him for Bangladesh and then he'll be ready for the semi against the Chokers. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's why I love having oh, you Gussie. here, Gus. That's why I love having you here. Oh, they are. Well, it's, we're in the final. We're, we're already in the final. So we, we've just it's, <laughs> oh, we play the semi final in the final. Oh, we play South Africa, Adam. Yeah, I know. But like, you're just judging it as a buy. We're in. Well, they, they don't win get games. They don't win games that matter. Yeah, Adam. well. So yeah, it's a game yeah. that matters. So they'll choke. Their rugby team, different story. Their yep. cricketers, no good under pressure. Yeah, going back to to Maxi, I've never seen anything so insane. I, I've been trying to make sense of it and explain to my mates over coffee this morning <laughs> what happened. Like, if you simplify it, you go, well, he he didn't use his feet, he, he didn't run, <laughs> and he hit everything for six. Mm. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, his whole body went into spasm. Yeah. And there's not many cricketers in the world. I can only probably think of one, and that's Josh Butler, who, who could do something similar if his legs went. Because most of the top bats, when you get all your power from your legs, from, okay. from your base. So the, the way he did it, it was extraordinary to watch. The pace of his hands, he went leg side and offside. So it, it's no one could do it. If anyone else in that team had it cramped up, there's no way they could have played that sort of inning. So the, the skill that it takes – and the hand-eye to do what he did it is just insane. Yeah, incredible. And, of course, you know, the Afghanis dropped him three times and one in particular was like if you dropped it, your son dropped it in under-12s, under-13s, you'd be disappointed. Like that was a really poor drop and that would have been the game, of course, and that would have put a lot of pressure on Bangladesh next weekend. But thank God he didn't because we wouldn't have been able to witness, Adam, such an incredible innings. Every person I respect in cricket, you know, your Ricky Pontings and so forth, have all said it's the greatest things that they've ever, ever seen. So they're pretty good judges. Well, Hads has seen a lot, a lot of cricket, you absolute nuffy. So we're, I don't want you to place it, but give us some other ones that you've seen that have blown your mind. Well, well, I can only give you two, three, and four because that Maxi's innings one. is number one. I've never seen an innings like it. I've never seen an innings like it in kids' cricket, school cricket, or any form of the game. But I'll give you three. Firstly, this is rare, and it wasn't in a final, so it sort of makes sense. Yeah. A.B. de Villiers. Well, mm. he's a world-class player. In the 2015 World Cup, he broke the record for the fastest 150. He got 162 off 66 balls. Was that against the Windies at the SCG? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And he was playing the reverse sweeps. He was walking into the line. But that, that was extraordinary. That's as close as Indians as, as I've seen to, to Maxis. Matthew Hayden, first game of the 2007 World Cup against South Africa. Mm. And I'll tell you why this is – and I think I've told you before, Adam. Sean we're Pollock. sitting in our team – yeah. Yep. Sitting in the team meeting and, and Haydos has said, oh, Sean Pollock comes up on the screen. How are we going to play him? He goes, next. And I thought, beg your pardon. Oh. That's one of the best bowlers of the modern era. Yeah. He goes, no, no, he's going to hit back of a length. I'm going to whack him over mid-wicket for six. I'm going to walk <laughs> into his line. And, and I'm only young at this stage and new to the team or the squad. I thought, wow, wow that's a pretty uh, big statement. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we, we moved on past him. Everyone's going, oh, that's Hados. Yeah, we'll, we'll get through him. We've seen the footage. Hados walked into his line, hit him for six, did everything he said. He got 100 off 
66 balls, first game 2007. My number two is Ricky Ponting, 2003, 149 out in the final. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He put on 230-odd with Damien Martin. Damien Martin got 90-odd. Yeah, broken finger, 88 That's with a broken right. finger. And punter, those little hairy arms, <laughs> the miles, <laughs> miles in the Joe Berg Stadium. That was incredible because it looked like it might rain and we yep. might have to have get rained off and start all over again because that was the rule back then. Yep. And we thought, we're so dominant here, we can't have yeah. it rained off. But the rain went away and we got the job done. But, yeah, they're, they're my three. But Matt Maxey's in front by an insane amount. As I said, I've never, ever witnessed something so unique as I did. Does it matter that it was against Afghanistan? Well, I think how, how we answer that is we've got to make that matter because Afghanistan are on the rise. They, they, yeah. they had a really good team. They've got three great spinners. They panicked. Though. They, they were all up and about. I sent a bit of a heated exchange between Warner and Rashid Khan early when they thought they were on top. We're gonna, oh, we're going to beat Australia. How good's this? And everyone's up and about. And once the pressure came on, Rashid Khan went missing. So mm. it's going to be a lesson learned for Afghanistan. Their bowlers bowled the wrong areas to Maxwell. They went in at his body and allowed him to use the pace of the ball. They should have went wide, taken pace off. So he had to use the bottom half of his body to, to get through the shot. And, and that was the one in spasm. Mm. So when the game got put on the line, Afghanistan really, really panicked. So it, it's, it's a learning curve to them. But go 10 years' time, I, I think Afghanistan are on the right path. I, I think they're going to be a really strong test-playing nation as well. They're really good in the, the white ball and only getting better and better. They might be in a semifinal yet. Yeah, that's um, true. But yeah. they got a few lessons learnt from an experienced uh, Australian cricket team. And Which, just talking quickly, Adam, about Afghanistan cricket, the women's side, still stranded down with you in Melbourne, mm. that needs to be sorted out. And they're, they're on the, the ICC has got to step up. So I'm not sure this is the right platform yep. for that, but they're stranded and they need to be looked after. The, the women's game is the future. Yeah, good point, Gussie. Very important. Very, very important. Just back to, to Maxie's innings. We're going to get to India right now and catch up with a man who I caught up with him about 24 hours ago, Mark Howard. Uh, caught up with him the day after, the night before, and what he witnessed from his fellow Victorian. It wasn't a dream, Howie. It, it actually happened. What you witnessed with your very own eyes last night there in Mumbai actually happened. Can you quite believe it before you have your brekkie on a beautiful morning over there? No, I'm just about setting myself for the breakfast buffet and I will drive a big hole through that, great <laughs> man. I can't, I can't actually believe it. I was in commentary when he brought up his 100 <laughs> and he was 70-odd and then things happen a lot. You have a lot of people talking to you and then all of a sudden I looked at the scorecard and he was on 95. But at that stage it was 100, but it was a hundred, but it wasn't a momentous moment because it was still so far away and it was a hundred in a losing cause. And then things, as they say, Anchorman style, escalated rather quickly. <laughs> so I've, I've asked Hads about the, the most extraordinary knocks he's seen. Where, does it, where do you put it? You've seen some pretty big things around the world and some weird old things in the Big Bash. Where does that one rank for you? Where, where can you place it? Well, I actually went... Because when it gets serious, mate, they have the, the roster and the big guns come in. So I just shuffle out to the back and let Ian Smith come in and dominate as he did. So I, I watched, which I feel really privileged to, mate. I watched the last 60 runs from ground level, just sitting next to the side screen in front of the crowd. And with about 25 or 30 to go, I was actually thinking to myself, where is this going to rate in what I've seen? And I saw Dave Warner make 300 at the Adelaide Oval in a test match. 
and that was extraordinary. And then as a kid growing up, you see some amazing things. But to see it live and what was going on around the ground, which we can talk about, it's the well, it's certainly the best white ball innings I've seen. And not just seen by a mile, it's the best white ball innings I've seen because of what I could see that you probably couldn't see on the telly. Yeah, and give us an indication of what you were, you were seeing and feeling from not only the crowd but the man himself. Um, Maxie and, and when he came off as well I'd be interested to know was it a, a Dean Jones type situation way back when when he collapsed uh, in I think it was Madras after that double hundred over yeah. there the, the heroic one that Alan Border said get up mate um, <laughs> was he was he in that kind of physical state or what else well it's it's funny you say that so I'll I'll take you back we were hosting on the ground for the match in uh, Mumbai and I can't Matt, I can't describe to you how hot it is, and it was with Michael Athert and Ricky Ponting. And I looked at Ricky in the ad break, and I said, mate, you normally sweat a lot, but I've never seen a man whose knees are sweating through his seat pants. <laughs> it was it was baking hot. And don't forget, Maxi bowled 10 overs. Yeah. So you know, they leave looking exhausted and then coming out to bat. And it's funny you say that because when he got to – a hundred and whatever it was, a hundred and forty, and he went down literally with a full body cramp. Punter was in the back of the box, and he looked at me and uh, and Watto, and he said, "We need AB here to stir Maxi up." So that that's what we were all thinking about. But down at ground level, what you won't see in the highlights, mate, when you wake up today and watch the highlights, you won't see overs where Pat Cummins played out a maiden hitting the ball to the deep point fence or the square leg fence and Maxi simply not being able to run. So with 25 to go off 28, I reckon in my mind Cummins played out a maiden because Maxi physically couldn't make his way to the other end of the ground. Uh, the, the best, you know, it's it's bizarre when there's a Victorian in Mumbai due to the IPL and they're chanting his name. Like they, the crowd was chanting. The crowd wanted Afghanistan to win and yeah. then – it turned and they wanted to see Maxi doing what he was doing. So to, to sit there and see a Victorian bloke with his name being chanted in Mumbai is something that I won't forget and shows you the power and the star factor that these blokes have in India. Did you catch up with him after or was he like taken away out the back into the fridge and he, he was there for half yeah. an hour? Well, he, he I was walking back across the ground to get a lift home with Big Matty Hayden as – as Maxi had finished his media, yeah, I didn't want to go over and bother him. But just to see the awe, his teammates, it's almost they didn't do a guard of honour, but they sort of lined up as he walked off. And then at Wayne Ketty, there's about it's probably 40 steps to get up. And <laughs> I thought someone should have probably carried him up there. But the crowd yeah, at the Wayne Ketty is right next to you. So there's a fence as you walk up these stairs. And they were just chanting his name. And I think there's videos of it going around now, seeing what was going on. But there were some bizarre things that happened. I was in comms when he came out to bat. And, again, you probably won't see it on the highlights. He was facing a hat-trick ball. Mm. And they went to review it. It looked from the box like he was leg before wicket, but he got an outside edge on it. The other thing that I won't forget is they thought they had him LB. He was given out and Maxi reviewed it. And he started walking off the ground mm. when he was on 40-odd because he thought he was out. And those same steps that he eventually walked up, Zampa was halfway down the steps walking out to the middle and then, bang, the review walked our way and Maxi went back out in the middle. So there's things that you won't see that we were privileged enough to see that 
yeah, blew me away. Absolutely blew me away, mate. It was a privilege to be there and watch it. Well, mate, I won't keep you too long because you've got those omelettes waiting for you downstairs and you're going to um, punch a fearful hole in the old uh, omelette station. But before that, um, overall, your experience over there and you're doing a, a cool little series on the ground, behind the scenes, the Howie Games, that's that's happening as well. Yeah, mate. I, I grew up reading, you know, Steve Waugh's Ashes yeah. Diary or Rick Ponting's Captain's Diary of the Caribbean. So... Wherever I've gone, I've just had my iPhone out, recording stuff, thoughts, people you meet, speaking to a lot of the superstar commentators, speaking to some of the players, and just trying to take you behind the scenes on what's involved in in commentary in a World Cup or the travel component or what India's like. So I think we'll drop the first one of those early next week. It's not, sort of not game-specific, so that, that's been really fun. But the experience is, is brilliant, mate. At the start, it's a little bit... You go with a little bit of trepidation because the very first game I did, I was straight out of the back of uh, the Mentowies on an eight-day surf trip, and I hadn't seen any cricket for eight days. There was no Wi-Fi, and I stepped into Bangladesh, Pakistan, and um, I've never seen Bangladesh play cricket. So you think, mate, it's all about researching the players, but of the eight or nine people in commentary, I had not met five of them before. So <laughs> as you know, mate, sports commentary is about building a rapport so one of those, you meet everybody in the box beforehand, but mm. then I hadn't got the chance to meet Waka Yunus because he was on Star Sports. So I was hosting the opening of the show with Waka Yunus and another chap from Bangladesh. And Waka walks over and you shake his hand and say, G'day, mate, my name's Mark, literally four seconds before you go on air. And then it's, welcome here. <laughs> um, I'm joined by great Pakistani quick Waka Yunus. So there's challenges along the way, but everyone's been incredibly welcoming. Yeah, I still pinch myself when I sit in the commentary box next to whoever commentating Australia in a World Cup match. It's pretty cool, mate. Absolutely cool. And to, to witness that last night, well worth the trip. You've got many left before we let you go. You've you got a couple before you're back here to research ahead of the Australian summer. Yeah, but I'm off to Bangalore today where I've never been. So New Zealand play Sri Lanka tomorrow. And my man, Ian Smith, who was very chirpy on uh, mm. text when it's zero and two and Mm. New Zealand were flying. He's quieting down a bit. So New Zealand need to win that. Otherwise, it opens the door for Pakistan and then Australia's last game, and then uh, which is against Bangladesh somewhere. I don't know where that is. And then I'll be on the plane home, I presume. Obviously, Australia will be in the semis, but I think then they just hold on to the big boys and, and the little <laughs> little junior operators like me get sent on a plane sent home. Yeah, Howie back, Ricardo Ponting dominating. That's uh, <laughs> that I dare say will be happening. Howie, good to chat, mate, and we look forward to those Howie Games diaries. They're always good fun giving people what they don't see or hear ordinarily, so that's what makes it interesting, mate. Um, safe travels and enjoy the rest of uh, the World Cup that you've got on the ground over there. Good on you, mate, and uh, a true story. I have been listening to Willow talk in airports all around India, so I've been enjoying it. So well done to you and Hazard and the team. We'll stand by for some New South Wales love finally because they finally won a Shield game. That's coming up soon, mate. So we're back with more Willow talk, and Hads, we are going to get to the Shield in a moment. But just before the break, it was really interesting to hear from Howie about like witnessing that at, at ground level. And I have heard some, from Howie just after we finished that chat, and he said that he saw Maxi walking out the next morning and he was as <laughs> stiff as a board and he was straight to the pool. So hopefully he doesn't do the Adam Zamper. He actually opens his eyes when he goes underneath and does a bit of breath work. So, uh, But he, he, he'll he struggle for a couple of days, surely, Hads, like a physical exertion like that. Yeah, 100%. He, his muscles are obviously under enormous fatigue. Uh, mate, he's a better man than me. If I got 201 and won a World Cup game for Australia to qualify in the semi, you would have been seeing me walking <laughs> – 
into the hotel, <laughs> not, not out into the pool. So yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see how they manage him be, yeah. because at this stage of the tournament, you, you want your best team playing all the time. We've we found some really good rhythm in our game. Uh, Max is an important cog uh, in, in that team. So w- whether they juggle with their team, but I remember Paddy saying, we want to play our best team every game. So if he's fit to play, and especially after missing the, the game before, I'd imagine he'd want to play with red-hot form like that. So let, let's hope um, the medical staff can get around him, get a bit of hydrolite in him, have some food. Hmm. Mate, he should be right. Yeah, they've got a few days, haven't they? And Smithy, obviously, is the other one that we need to worry about. Vertigo, my daughter's got it. It's an awful oh, yeah? It's an awful thing when it comes and gets you. And when you've got it, you just can't do anything other than what we saw him when he was practising, down on his haunches head between your knees. So there's another question mark with that with Smithy because Marnus has done an okay job, but Smithy's going to be in that side, isn't he, if he's if he's fit? Well, you want guys like Steve Smith for, for the big games. The, the scary thing about Vertigo, and I've had it as well, it, it, it doesn't have a timeline. You've got to try to get your crystals back in order. They get you at the end of the bed and try to um, balance everything out. But it, what, what's his timeline? Because for, for Steve Smith to miss a game, he, he's not good. Like that, it's not a 50 50 call. It's, I'm really bad. Yeah, it's a 90 10 against, yeah. isn't it? Yep. So it's going to watch this space because, uh, yeah, we need him come the semi final. We do have a bit of a laugh about South Africa, as you guys mentioned, but in all seriousness, their middle order is, I mean, India's like taken all before them, but their middle order is so destructive. So how do we say a way through there? And they've got a really good uh, spinner in Maharaj who gave Virat Kohli the runaround in the first part of his innings in their group game. So they're, they're like, we laugh and we go, oh yeah, they'll, they'll choke in the big moment. But in all seriousness, has the breakdown of this one and the, and the potential matchup, does it, does it force us to play a certain style against Bangladesh to prepare for that? Or at our best, we're just too good for anyone? Well, what South Africa done really well is they're batted first, then, then bullied the game. Um, every time they're batting first, they're, they're scoring up around 400. They've got 400 on one occasion. And, and their batting is really powerful. It's, it's got covered left and right handers. They've got guys, uh, uh, Klaassen, that can hit the ball out of the ground in the middle overs. So it gives them a bit of a point of difference during those middle overs. They, they can take Adam Zamper on. They, they did that with a lot of success leading into the tournament when Australia played it against South Africa. But the couple of things in our favour, because if you look on paper, South Africa got as well-balanced team as anyone the comp. They've got a good top six. They've got a big left arm quick to start. They've got two good spinners, Marsharaj and, and, and Shemi. They've got Rabada. So they, they've got a really balanced team. It's just whether they can handle the pressure of a semi-final. I, I know we joke about it, but it, it's happened too often. It, uh, they've never been at this stage uh, before that something's always happened. If they bat seconds the test, we've seen when they batted second against India that they got rolled for under 100. They found a game style that, that suits them. Can they get the demons out of their head and just play what's in front of them? I'm not so sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not so sure either. In fact, I'm, I'm sort of more sure that they won't be able to handle it. And, of course, one bloke you didn't mention had their opening opening batsman and keeper to cock has just – he's been absolutely incredible. But like you say – we win the toss, we bat, we put a little bit of scoreboard pressure on them. Um, I got more more likely for us to come through with the goods in that moment. But I, I'm more about Adam just working out what our best eleven is at the moment with people's injuries and yeah. and that sort of stuff too. If we get it right, like I'm not quite sure if Stonis is the right guy. Maxie's obviously the right guy. If you get Smithy back in there, then what do you do there? There's Green, there's Love Zane, like it's all still a little bit up in the air, and our pace bowlers have not been particularly um, economic. So Zampa's sort of got us out of the shit a few times. 
Yeah, I, I think we had our best team last game, but Steve Smith comes in for Marnus. Right. I, I know Marnus has done an, an unbelievable job. He, he's since been left out of the team. He, he's gone away, had a look at his game. He's playing a really up-tempo game now, and he's I think he's our second-leading run scorer. Mm. Uh, he was before, before the the game against Afghanistan. So I, I would leave Stoinis in. Uh, he gives you power hitting option at the end. And, and the one thing he does do well as well, he can bowl through the middle and at the back end of the game. So... He's someone that's got experience in those conditions. He can bowl some cutters, which gives us a point of difference with our three big quicks. So that that's a team I think at this stage looks like our best team. Could you leave a, a Mitch Marsh out, for example, and, and play Marnus as well, put Smitty back oh, to three? So Couldn't imagine that. Well, he's not bowling. I know he's got a power game at number three. It depends what style of game that Australia Hasn't he proven play. enough, though, that if he's on, he can be a match winner himself? Well, well that that's what you've got to Way weigh up. up. Yeah. Is it the, the match winning, the power hitting you need? Mm. Or is it Steve Smith and Marnus control the middle overs because the wickets are starting to play different? Spin's playing a bigger role. So it'll all come down to matchups. But I, I think the, the best team is Steve Smith will come back in for Marnus. Mm. Timed out. Now, this is something uh, I didn't think. It's like a mythical creature in the world of cricket. You hear about it <laughs> and you go, oh, yeah, that's a way of getting out. It's the, the methods of dismissal when you run through them. You go, oh, and by the way, you could get timed out. And you go, well, yeah, you can, but it's never going to happen. What has happened? Poor old Angelo mm. Matthews is still trying to make sense of it, the Sri Lankan yeah. veteran. So what do we make of Shakib, the uh, the Bangladesh skipper, basically saying, well, I'm out there, this is war, I've got to find a way to win any way I can, and the umpires went along with it. Where are you all placed with this? Some war. He's pulled out of the last game with a little fracture in his finger. So, yeah, karma might have come bite Shakib to say, oh, I understand the rule. I've had a look at it a couple of times, and yes, a- Angelo had taken his time, and, and he's getting ready to bat, but his strap broke. So it, it, it wasn't he was mucking around. His actually strap broke on his helmet, and he said, look to the umpire and said, have a look at this. Get another helmet. Life goes on. Hey, hey it's just I, for I context she, as yeah. well, just the situation of the game as well. Can you sum up the situation of the game? Because sometimes when things are happening quickly, a batter comes out, you see them, they try and take a bit of air out of the room calm everything down. Was it, was it that or was it just like just circumstance? I don't think there was much gamesmanship in, in that respect from Angelo Matthews. I don't think he's clever enough actually to <laughs> to, to think of that. But what, what was interesting about it, he, he took a minute to get on the field. So yeah. when they crossed paths uh, over the, the road, they, he was too slow there. So I'm, I'm granting that. And, mm. and, and he was right under the two minutes just before taking strike. But his helmet did break. If his helmet didn't break and he's walking around and, and he is taking some energy out of the game, then maybe you've got a situation where you can put a bit of pressure on him and, and give a little appeal just to rush things up. But once I've seen the helmet break, I think Jakeem should have withdrawn his appeal, got a new helmet and, and got on with the game. Yeah, I agree with that. And and also the other thing is that Matthews is just not that sort of bloke. Like he's a real statesman of cricket, isn't he? Like a statesman of Sri Lankan cricket and you might know him better than, but as a fan, I look at him and go, well, he seems like a really decent sort of bloke. I just can't imagine him trying to do anything other than being just a little bit lazy getting on the field. Um, what they actually did, the appeal, getting given out, there should have been a bit of common sense there, Adam, where the umpires and everyone all got together and said, you know, are you absolutely sure about this? Because he's going to be tainted with that for the rest of his life, that captain. And Bangladesh cricket will get thrown under the bus as well. It's a really bad look. I don't think um, he can. And just and just unnecessary. Yeah, well, that might be that might be the case. And if that is the case, then he might once all the heat comes out of it. But my point of view should have never been in that situation. Just 
bring it, let him have a bat. Imagine What's if your you did... take on that, Adam? Oh, I think What's was, your take from? I think it was ordinary. I think it, you, know, the, you were bang on about as soon as you see the broken helmet strap, you go, well, yeah. Uh, and you can point towards gamesmanship. Angelo might have known that it was going to break and come out there and really take. But seriously, I mean, that for that comment, given what, again, and I know I hate to bring the two things together, but it was the, the quote about, oh, this is like a war out there. Come on, man. Look what's going yeah. on around the world. And I know Bangladesh yeah. has had its issues in history and everything like that. And we don't want to get too deep here, but like, seriously, just yeah. calm down, play the game of cricket. And yeah, spirit, but that's the umpire's job again. too. They've, yeah, yeah, but, it is. You know, the umpires, they, they've, that now the, every decision they make, you know, they you can you can basically change it if you want to. Like, what's their role to play in this? There's some very experienced blokes out there. Turn around and say, no, that's not happening. I'm not giving that out. Get him a new helmet and sort it out. It could have been sorted out by the men out in the middle. Well, yeah, you- that's a really good point as well because the, the umpire could – all he had to do was look down the end, the helmet's broken. Yeah. We're not Life taking that on. appeal. Yeah. Hurry up. Yeah, and put a bit of pressure on them. Get Bangladesh back in their fielding positions. We'll get on with this game because who who won the game? No yeah. one. No one's talking about that. Yeah, Bang, Bangladesh have been awful for the for the whole tournament. and They won the game, but we're, we're not talking about that at all. We're, we're talking mm. about an incident um, that'll be remembered for some time. It's not Shakib's first time. He's been involved in in a lot of uh, controversial moments like this. So he had the opportunity to withdraw it. Uh, he didn't. Uh, the coach also for Bangladesh could have done the same. He, he could have overruled everything, said, no, 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 get on with it, get a helmet. Yeah, and now we're talking about the incident. In saying that, Adam, the games have been so slow, like the like the, the over rates per hour, just getting from one end to the other at the end of each over. It's been painful to watch sometimes and stuff. So we have to do more about quickening the game up, but um, that wasn't the moment. Well, especially now you've got the reference point with 2020s because everyone, this feels slow because we're all now used to 2020 so much. And also I think the conditions play a part, especially in the first innings, but you, you're right, Gussie, I'd like – calling for new gloves every three overs. And, and we're guilty of it. Steve Smith's guilty of it in test matches, like always calling it for it. I don't know how the game quickens up. I, I actually think slippery bats are more just entertainment. Slippery gloves and everything like that. There's just bats flying <laughs> oh, off everywhere. And, you know, Grace Harris did it well. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, she can this, do it. Yeah, well, she, she yeah, hit a, hit a beautiful six, didn't she? From my point of view, this is the game. This is the format that's under most pressure. The 50-over game. So it needs to quicken up and be better in terms of just being a bit more entertaining like that. Can you imagine if, uh, though, just thinking laterally here, can you imagine if an Australian team appealed an English batter coming in at Lords for a timed out and he got given? Which batter? Oh, Bearstow. <laughs> out. <laughs> How is that? Actually, we haven't seen you since that incident. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh, I'm totally with the Australians on this. He was lazy. He doesn't make the decision on when um, the over is called. The over wasn't called. The ball is alive and it's out. Simple as that. And he, he can cry me a river. He can really cry me a river. And Broad carrying on like a pork chop now, now that he's, you know, <laughs> oh, mate, oh, he said to Pat, oh, hey, Pat, all these abuse are for you. Who gives a fuck what you think, Broad? Fuck off. Yeah, there's three beeps to the show. That's the energy we want from you, Adam. That's the energy we want from Sorry, you. Sorry, Adam. I can't bring that. I but, can't but bring Broad and Bearstow just annoy the bejesus What Adam. I will say in uh, 18 months' time, is it 18 months or maybe, no, a, a bit longer, two and a half years' time when Stewie Broad lobs on the uh, Triple M roster for our summer of cricket and he's next oh, to Gus. We love Stu. Stewie. <laughs> hey, brother. Love your work, mate. Yeah. Oh, it won't be an easy transition for him. <laughs> 
I'm not sure he's answered a kettle, kettle of fish, actually. He's more ABC, I reckon. Out of the England team, who could be Mark Wood, a Triple M person? Mark you Wood, get him in yeah, he's now. He's sli- slightly yeah. nutty, yes. isn't he? Get him in. I'm not sure anyone else would make it. No. Nah. Um, or maybe Stokes. Graham Swan. Oh, well, Swanee was great yeah. when he was last year. Yeah, yeah he's, he's hilarious. He's very he's very clever. Vaughn would be good. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But we've got Sir Ian. So, yeah, well, it's actually Lord. Oh, Lord. Lord, sorry. Lord, Sir. Yeah, and uh, he's loves gone his past Sir. Yes, exactly. Mr. Oh. Sir and now Lord. Hey, um, oh, he's already in Melbourne, by the way. He's getting ready. He's getting lubricated. The big fella. You go for a shout with him, Adam, no at the way. end of a day's play. Yeah. It costs you a bottle of wine. It's not a couple of, oh, can yeah. I get you a beer? He'll go, no, no. He'll just show you the wine list and point to it. No, he's, he's 115, 125, 135. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> then listen to yourself back the next day when you try to commentate. He, he's he's on point and you're slurring every word. <laughs> he's an experienced campaigner. <laughs> he's piss fit. That's what he is. He is. <laughs> now, Hads, I don't know what's happening up there in New South Wales, but I've heard from Macquarie Street and Parliament House they're thinking about a public holiday tomorrow after New South Wales this week won a Sheffield Shield game. Not just anyone as well. They beat WA and they did it by 10 wickets. So all is well. Michael Bevan, ah, it happens. Ah, the last year and a half, ah, it happens. New South Wales on the right track again. Congratulations, Bradley. I'm so happy for you. Well, that must have been hard for you to say, but I tell you what <laughs> turned us around, though. Adam, yeah, think, a little too bit. much. I picked too it much. up, yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> young Ollie Davies. He actually wasn't even meant to be in the team. Really? Well, his mate from Manly is out injured, so he, he's he's come into the team and got 100. I, I would have this kid playing all the time. I, I think all they need is a little bit of a mindset change to play that style. He, he took the game on. He took Morris on. The, the guy bowls 150. We're talking about the wild thing, getting picked for a test match. It was just a simple mindset change in a kid that went out and took the game on and wanted to move it forward. Mm. All of a sudden, we got a bit of energy off the back of that. So maybe we, we start throwing a, a few more of these kids in and, and let them play. Let let them take the game on. Let them learn by by being aggressive and, and playing a bit of in-your-face cricket that New South Wales are, are known for. So, yeah, it, it's been a long time coming. It's been 24 months, but you're only as good as your last few games and we've knocked over WA twice. Happy, happy days, mate. But, you know, at the end of the day, we've been so successful at, at you know, at all levels, New South Wales. It has been a real, oh, God, what's gone wrong with us? Because not winning games at all for a long period of time. But, yeah, a couple of young blokes, why not throw them in there, see what they can do. I've known Ollie and his brother for a very long time and they're champions down in the Manly area and, you know, certainly no shortage of confidence. Yeah, and that's what you need. That, that, that's what the state needs. They need those sort of players looking to take the game on. If you break down the game, that they won the game and not a lot changed. They, they were still four for 70. So they, they've still got some issues to, to work through. But a win can solve things. They can put putty over the cracks for a while. But I, I want to see them take the game on. I want to see these young blokes given an opportunity because I, I tell you what, this, this is as good a list and, and this might be – a bit left field knowing where we're at. This is as good as list as when Smith, Warner, Hazelwood and guys like that come through. They're, they've got oh. some really, really talented players that just need to be nurtured by the right people coming through. A couple of big uh, run getters as well, especially from an opening bat point of view in shield matches earlier this week as well, guys. Henry Hunt, it's good to see him back in the runs. It's been a little bit of a barren spell for Henry, a player that you know a lot about um, had. So he was earmarked a couple of years ago. He's actually... Uh, Gussie, the brother of Claire Hunt, the Matildas oh. 
centre-back. So yes. Henry's come through the country system. He's out there with uh, SA at the moment, 162 against Queensland in the first dig. And Marcus Harris, a big ton as well for Victoria, had. So, um, I mean, it's good to have Canada. And I know it's only one innings, but you want a consistency. Cameron Bancroft's been consistent. So it looks like there's candidates emerging for when Davey Warner chucks it in for the Red Bull stuff. I, I tell you what they want to do. There's an opportunity there now. We, we know Davey's going to play his last test in Sydney. So there's a spot at the top of the order. There's two test matches, isn't there, against yep. the Windies. Yeah. So you, you want Harris. Are they going to go to Harris? Bancroft's done everything um, right. Renshaw sitting there there in the wings. I'll, I'll find a New South Wales player to, to throw their name up in a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah. as well. But you get someone out of food right be... in New South Wales ahead of <laughs> other states. Had. Might, be, might, might be better than most states, but that's another show. <laughs> but there's, a, there's going to be an opportunity when, when Davey retires. So th- this is what you've got to do. The, the selection for teams is the easy thing. Just put big, big numbers on board, and it's hard to go past. Mm. If you're not getting the the 160s or the 150s, well, they're not going to look at you. Set the standard. That's what Marcus Harris has done now. He's made a statement. Bancroft's getting 100 after 100. So that's what you want. You want them knocking the door down when an opportunity arises. Gussie, we meant it at the start of the show. We very much mean at the end of the show. Good luck with whatever transpires at uh, Government House and your hoi polloi, mates, um, with uh, Australian <laughs> yeah. of the Year. But uh, like you say, uh, like you, you hear these awards uh, nights, it goes, oh, it's just a nomin- uh, honour to be nominated and everyone could have won. This is one award where you can actually genuinely say that and mean it from the bottom of your heart. So you're going to ma- meet some remarkable people on Monday, mate, and you are one as well, so mm. you deserve to be there. Oh, and uh, best thanks, of luck, Adam. pal. I've, uh, my wife's actually away with Gotcha for Life doing like 10 days out in the country. So my daughter is going to be my date, Abby, the only child that's still home. She's 20. <laughs> Apparently she has no dresses or no shoes mm. at all to choose from. So she's had to go out and get a new dress and a new pair of shoes. And we can't just get an Uber back home after the night. We should stay in town and make it inter- you know, make it a really special night, one that won't be able to forget. Yeah. So we're staying at the Four Seasons as well. She's booked it all. Wow. It's all done and dusted. But no, in all seriousness, I mean, I'm obviously absolutely thrilled to have my daughter with me to do that. But yeah, it'd be awesome to win it. And it'd be awesome to be a part of, you know, I just love, no one loves Australia. Well, I love Australia as much as anyone else, I yep. should say. So I just want us to be as healthy as possible. And I think Gotcha Fly's message is a simple one that we can put into play and you can put into your daily life without having to uh, worry too much about it. And that's what we need. Gussie, three quick tips before we go. We had Hads' greatest three innings that he's seen. Three quick tips for yeah. mental health from your like, yeah, do, big list of uh, – Yeah, from well, the first thing is do not use your iPhone as your alarm. Make sure your iPhone is not in your bedroom. Make sure it's on charge somewhere else in the house. So when you wake up in the morning, you don't go straight to it because that's exactly what we do. So when you wake up in the morning, you get up, go to the loo, go back to your bed and make it and then sit on the side of it and where your phone used to sit, there's a glass of water there. You drink that water. If it takes you two minutes, a few sips or you scull it, however you want to do it, get that down your neck and then breathe for a minute. In through the nose for five seconds, out through the mouth. Do that for a minute. That's three minutes of your life that at the moment you're giving to your emails, your texts, your TikTok and your social media. Give that first three minutes of your day to hydrate, have have a little bit of breathing and just make your bed because you can have the worst day possible, but you come home, your bed's made, at least you've done something. And it's so simple, but just do it and get into that routine. I did this, Adam, with a whole bunch of people with Freddie Fittler through the uh, uh, New South Wales Pathways and I bought a thousand alarm clocks. And when we showed the alarm clocks from the stage to the kids sitting down, they're like looking at us like, 
what is that? They didn't know what an alarm clock was. Like a and landline. I said, you put a battery in. <laughs> yeah, you put a battery into it, and this is what's going to wake you from now. You turn the little red button around to six thirty or seven o'clock, and that's going to go did it did it and you hit it, and then go through that program. So that's the easiest, simplest way of changing your life, just a little bit. Yeah. Can can we moisturize as well as well as the water? I, I like to do that first thing in the morning. Thanks, mate. Yeah, of course you do, mate. Do whatever you like. Skin like yours. Hads is just magnificent. Hads is killing me with his look right now. <laughs> what am I? Why am I talking to this bloke twice a week? What a moron! <laughs> Sorry, Hads. You know when you said three minutes? Yeah. I, I thought Adam was going to say he's already done something for a minute and a half and showered <laughs> in that time. <laughs> so I, I was thinking, oh, no, where's this going? No. I get what you're saying, yeah, Gus. You're with me? Good advice, Gus. For the first time ever, I wasn't in the gutter, mate. I was actually <laughs> Adam asked me a proper question. I gave him a proper answer. Good stuff. <laughs> I'll mate. try that. Thanks yeah. again, Gus. Uh, Hads, we'll catch you soon. We'll be back on Sunday, Hads, for a review of the Bangladesh match and uh, who knows what heroics someone will come up with after what Maxi did. Stay safe. Beautiful. See you, everyone. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, thanks, Gus. Thanks, Hads. And as mentioned, we'll be back on Sunday for the review of the Bangladesh match on Will I Talk?